Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one massive minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hey, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And we have a guest today, a man steeped in luck dragons and mutants. Welcome Thomas Howith of X Minutes Podcast and The Never-Ending Minute. How are you lovely ladies doing tonight? Yay! Oh my gosh, we're so happy to have you here. <laughs> I've been waiting almost this whole movie to come and talk to you. <laughs> yeah, Thomas was right in there, right at the beginning, wanting to be on, and we wanted to have him on, and you also are the man who thought up and shared the intro, the clever intro that I now, say every guys, single that time. Was such, that was such an amazing idea to, to kind of crowdsource that. And I'm, I mean, there were some great ideas up there. I'm really, really proud that you guys chose mine, but you had a bunch of great choices up there. Yeah, there were some fun ones and it was just, it just goes to show you just got to remember, you don't have to do everything yourself. And sometimes mm -hmm. when you're just all out of ideas, Go to the crowd. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have ever thought of this. I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's fantastic. I'm, yeah, been, been happy with it from day one. I'm like, who came up with this? And there he is. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we at there, Molly? So in today's episode, we are covering minute 73 of the movie, The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, the ritual gets shelved for a straight up hit on Dana and Marty. Yeah. This is an amazing minute. We really kicked things off big time um, with you, Thomas. We hit the ground running. Oh, <laughs> like when you think of this movie, if you've seen it several times and you think of this movie, this is one of those scenes that always comes to mind because they did such a great job when they were shooting it and setting it up that it's it's very iconic and i'm so happy that it got to be my minute <laughs> yeah me too um the one of the things i did uh, earlier today was i rewatched some of the um stuff on the blu-ray they have the little extras you know for mm -hmm. the um creatures and it just you know reminded me of how much you know how many of the creatures are practical and you know even even hearkening back to the um kind of the Ringu type girl. I mean, she mm -hmm. is, there's some green screen stuff that they do, but she's, she's practical. You know, she's a real person, <laughs> a real girl <laughs> <laughs> and lots of other stuff that we think are, you know, are, are, uh, you know, could be possibly digital or not. And, and I really enjoyed looking at those extras where um, the Armstrongs are talking about the different things going into this. And one thing that stuck out was that for the boxes themselves, like the all the different boxes, that they actually used something I was familiar with from watching the extras of um, Lord of the Rings, which they used Massive, that uh, program. And yeah, um, are you familiar with that one vaguely yes it's yeah i don't have yeah it's what they did here is incredible and if they're using the same software lord of the rings did it worked out yeah well. yeah so just really quickly it stands for multiple agent 
simulation system in virtual environment. And what what I remember from watching um, all the extras from Lord of the Rings was that this was something new developed by the Weta Digital. And it's this software that makes the computer kind of this extra smart, you know, AI level um, intelligence so that so that when they showed, for instance, a whole bunch of orcs, you know, a sea of orcs that they really had a lot of different ones acting in sort of an organic way and bumping mm. into each other, you know, like that doing one movement would make it kind of bump into one and do a different type of movement. So it was this mm. organic movement. So like with these with these boxes, they had to, you know, figure out kind of a measurement and a style and a way that these boxes would all work together. And then they were able to load them into to Massive. And then Massive was able to do this cool thing that makes it sort of look like this organic puzzle pieces that all kind of come together. So, Yeah, all the shuffling that it does and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. beautiful. So yeah, well, let's let's just get into this, guys. What? <laughs> what to, All right. Yeah. So I ha- I'll say my first mm-hmm. huge freaking spider. Yes. Right, mm. Nick. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they wasted no time in getting in the creepy and the gross. Oh my god. Yeah, and it's such a simple effect when you think about it. When you look at the behind the scenes, the huge spider is simply they used a small box and put a real spider in it. You know, yeah. so simple, but so so effective. What uh yeah. So for the for the video game people out there, um I looked up on IMDb at their trivia and found out a neat piece of trivia for all this. Uh, you can briefly see um, four characters, a uh, tank, a witch, a boomer, and a hunter, which are four of the special infected from the Left for Dead game series. Mm, yes. They're all four in there somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where, but they're in there. Yeah, and I guess there was supposed to be a whole crossover thing that never ended up materializing between the movie and that. Right. So they put them in there. Yeah. It's pretty cool to check out. I'm just amazed about how many of these cubes exist because once it pulls, the camera pulls all the way out. And I did kind of a rough estimate, but not counting the the holes, there was like 60 boxes. Right. So that tells me there's like, not only is there a ton of monsters to choose from, but then there's also the potentiality that those aren't all filled up. So they have a gigantic capacity to hold monsters there. Now, Do you think all these monsters are just supposed to be for this location or do all the locations pull from the same pool of monsters? Well, I read that they were all supposed to have their own discrete monsters. Each site did. But what I'm kind of wondering is that, I mean, that's a hell of a load of, you know, I mean, even the, the, the board and I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was, you know, maybe in the twenties or thirties, but I mean, this obviously has a, profound capacity which makes me wonder is does this double as like a processing center as well so it's not just about having these guys that are here as potentials to pull from for the ritual or is it that there's a sourcing system that maybe then distributes out to other locations or it's a storehouse in that kind of way right but yeah i mean not only is it just you know visually you know massive and and in pulling out this way you just have this 
really like scary sense of what's available to choose from (laughs) um but you know that that there might be some other you know side stories here that we may just not be privy to so this brings up a whole lot of questions to me like do these things require feeding Mm -hmm. or sleep (laughs) or like is this torturous for them to just be stuck in these boxes is it moral to have them just sitting in there by themselves yeah totally is it going to be like the zoo you know the otter that just goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth because it's in a you know a a, a confined location um yeah i mean you've got the ballerina who looks like she's like oh I, i i like to dance so i guess i'll stand here and i'll dance you know, I mean, I wonder what Fornicus does when he's just chilling there, you know, like it doesn't look like they've got him like a book. He doesn't have any like, you know, books for prisoners. Yeah, kind of I thing. kind of wonder if they rotate them out into, you know, like if you think of these boxes as their their prisons, you know, their cells as maybe they're rotating mm-hmm. them out and they're getting some exercise or getting some yeah, some sunlight yeah. if needed you know maybe some of them need to be moist you know like a little you know some of them need to go into like a, a, a pond or something like that or yeah they're they need to maintain their monstrous health one way or another Right. Well, you gotta right. you gotta wonder what they're doing with the cabin the rest of the year when they're not killing somebody. Maybe that's what it's for is they have this blocked off area where they can safely let these things wander around. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and they probably have, you know, a real protocol in place of which ones like, okay, so these twins they can go out with, you know, these things but they can't go out with the huge <laughs> kind of like scorpion you can't exactly. put babies with <laughs> oh no <laughs> like the, like they totally hate the ballerina you know they don't want to be next to her like there's a beef there or, you know maybe the ballerina beef. the snake yeah i know i totally like there's some like girl beef or something or maybe one of the twins really likes the the ballerina but the other one doesn't and you know becomes like a a contentious issue i mean who knows maybe the dismemberment goblins like really like talking to the clown really dig him and you know one thing i thought about and i don't particularly (laughs) see it in this moment what you know when we're looking at these boxes but that there is at a certain point a a head a floating head and that's actually played by David Anderson of the of the practical effects team. Like he plays the head, the floating hmm, head. Cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, did anybody try cool. to like really look at how many different characters? I know they. I know in that video that I've referenced a bunch. You know the that they kind of run through a lot mm-hmm. of these, but did you guys try to go like, oh yeah, I see that the there's like the kind of crazy robot thing here, and then yeah. So what I, I didn't mm-hmm. get all of them by by any means, but mm-hmm. some of the ones that stood out to me um, above her, there's a weird dog doing something. Oh yeah, and it even barks. <laughs> wasn't wasn't sure what it was doing, but it's it's a dog and mm. somebody in there with it. There's the creepy yeah. clown and the giant snake. Oh, yeah. It looks like a couple of dogs up there. Yeah, yeah. something. Maybe it's like a Cerberus or something. Yeah. A three-headed dog. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so um, creepy clown There's and these snake. couple of okay. guys. When it's in one of its widest shots, um, 
in like if if there were a tic-tac-toe board with the nine like center uh squares there Mm -hmm. the bottom Mm -hmm. right square Looks like it just has two guys standing in it, like two Barbie guys. They yeah, look, yeah. almost like Ken dolls. <laughs> a couple of Ken dolls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wondered about that, too, because it kind of reminded me of just like 90s friends, like, like Encino Man, <laughs> kind of. Buddy. And I was like, how is that a horror trope? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. It's like Polly Shore and, and a friend. and. Yeah, that's, that's, those are the ones that stood out to me of note. I mean, there's the mist person. Or the ghost, I guess it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the robot thing. Yeah, I think I see like a kind of a blob thing up there, which, yeah, I highly recommend if you guys haven't, definitely everybody out there, if you can check out the the making of videos. They're only like 12 minutes long, so they're not all that long, but you get to see a lot of these practical effects, like this blob and this um, kind of crazed robot looks like it's part of robot wars and and they talked about how you know drew really loves practical right so he he wanted to make it all as practical Mm -hmm. as possible and it sounds like from um listening to the effects team the practical effects team that they really did hit the ground running and make everything that was asked of them And uh, they did that in L.A. and then shipped everything up to Vancouver. And then when they got to Vancouver, then seeing the huge and we're not quite there yet, but like the huge amount of space that they had to work with um, in in the white rooms Mm -hmm. um, that then they realized, oh, my gosh, we really need to make some other bigger things. And they did do some practical larger creatures uh, we're, we're able to make a few of those, but then that's where they kind of filled in with like the snake and the, you know, the huge bat and some of the other things to just, just sort of take up mm. space more than anything else. Yeah, another great space taking thing that they did is they made it so that you can't see in all the boxes. Oh, yeah. Some of them are turned mm-hmm. to the side and that just gives more, like makes it seem more massive in there. More, ha, no joke intended <laughs> on the software. But it is more massive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, I, I totally agree. It's really cool to see how when they move around, they're like tilting and yeah, turning. So you're, you just, it is like a mystery date, you know, who are you going to get? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we get into a little bit of dialogue and some stuff going on with 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 the guys. We haven't really checked in with Sitterson and Hadley for a while, and here they are, panicking. I have to say, <laughs> I have to say, Sitterson gives great fun. <laughs> like that's, that's not a what all actors can do, and he does it rather well. It seems like an honest, fluid conversation that he's having. Totally, one-sided. totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's like trying to, let's see who, I wonder who he's talking to. He's just saying you, you saw them go into the access drop. They have, they have to be in one of these. Okay. Internal security could, uh, I don't know. I don't care if it's not protocol. Are you fucking high? Which I love. <laughs> it's like somebody out there is still trying to do things by protocol. And that kind of reminds me of like a military type of thing where you're like still the pressure's on. Mm-hmm. Things are going haywire. But there's somebody still saying this is how it has to be done. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still somebody who's pushing back, who, who doesn't understand that we are substantially off book now. You just got to go out and take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> there's an interesting three beats here that I'm hoping maybe you guys can come up with an idea on. But there's in, in quick succession, he says, are you high? <laughs> Followed directly by it's the fool right. being said by Hyderley. <laughs> And then the third person says that they miss the stashes. So that you have this three beat about the drugs and the fool all kind of tied in right there. And I just wonder if they did that on purpose just to be funny or if there might've been something bigger behind it. Yeah. It, I, I feel like it's gotta be purposeful and that that's really smart um, listening there, connecting all those together is that, yeah. Are you high? It's the fool, and then we know there that but Lynn finally says the thing. Cleanup says that the prep team has one of the kids' stashes. Whatever he's been smoking has been immunizing him to all of this shit. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. What do you think of that, Molly? Yeah, I, I really think this is actually a good bit of writing in that you're without them all really talking to one another you're getting a really nice complete picture of i mean there's a lot of like efficient information here so not only do you have citizen who's like freaking out over the phone mentioning hi which naturally you know, glides into the fool <laughs> and now you have like a hit that's being ordered and at the same time now you have this additional context from lynn as to why he's basically been maintaining throughout this whole movie. So you have this other extra layer of it all even built in that they've, they've fucked up again, that this is the fool and part of being the fool is he yep. gets high. And so even that they botched in this. So it's, it's really amazing to me that, you know, in three lines without them all actually having a connective conversation with one another, we still get a full meal deal of, of what's been happening. And even, you know, up until this point. So <laughs> never under, never underestimate a stoner who's trying to hide his stuff <laughs> they'll find ways that you will not think of yeah so that's the thing right is that it's not whatever whatever stuff he's been smoking is is something that they didn't know that he had like his his secret stash right is that the is that the whole yeah. thing okay just mm -hmm. making sure I've got it all straight here, guys. <laughs> what do you think their drugs yeah, so would have done to him? How would he have ended up if he had been taking the right stuff? Yeah, I guess I would think more or less um, suspicious, less paranoid. <laughs> mm, yeah, totally. Yeah, maybe he's got some like really sweet indica that just, you know, has been numbing him out enough. You know, been keeping him sweetly paranoid throughout this whole time <laughs> to, to second guess, <laughs> second guess his reality. He's sweetly paranoid. Yeah, that's like the the Black Sabbath like lost album. <laughs> yeah, and then I do really appreciate what Hadley says to Lynn too because I feel like I'd be the same way. Like he's just totally dismissive of her as usual and says. Uh, how does that help us right now? <laughs> and yeah, it's true. It's like, okay, she's just, mm -hmm. she's just realizing this information and sh and I, I can relate to her just like, I just want to tell everybody this is something new. I figured out that we just figured out is that he, you know, he's immunized and that's why he's, you know, we haven't been able to 
to put one over on him. And then Hadley's just like, I'm thinking about the now. I don't care about what's happened in the past. <laughs> this may also just be a little call out, like a fourth wall call out, because we all know or we we need to know as an audience why it is that he wasn't affected the way it is. But if you were actually there in the process, right. you wouldn't care. So they're, they're both giving exposition mm. and then at the same time crushing it with real exactly. world expectations. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Another little mm -hmm. meta moment mm -hmm. from these guys. I love how Truman's just kind of looking at them. I mean, he's, it doesn't seem like he's actively doing anything. Mm -hmm. He's just looking at the wall of monitors, you know, and at one point he's just like a little kid like there <laughs> points. But he hasn't actively done anything. And I'm like, you don't you're not looking at that many monitors. You've got like, what, nine screens you're looking at? And then you're like, there, that feed, that one. I'm like, what are you doing? He's proud, okay? He's this is his first day on the job. He's getting to show himself as being useful. <laughs> no, I but I get that. I get that moment where you're like, oh my god, it can contribute, you know? We were along the ride with him and that flush of like self-pride that he, he contributed to the problem. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love that. So with the in-depth stuff that you guys have done, do you know if 3606 has any meaning? I tried to find out if it had something. Usually if they say a number in a movie, yeah, it's I important. Couldn't, I, but couldn't I couldn't find, find anything either. for that one. I did look. I did try to look at all of these creatures as close up as I could. And because uh, we do get a lot of other creatures in the monitor and we get the, the sugar plum fairy kind of bending over a little bit. We get a, a glimpse of a cool uh, like pumpkin head dude. <laughs> yep. We have yeah, another guy head. above him. I couldn't quite <laughs> tell. So I was just calling him. Um, what was I calling him? Skeletor caveman. Because he had like... <laughs> Kind of a skeletor, yeah, like bug kind of a head, but like a muscular body and like a loincloth. And so he was confusing me. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. He's like a barbarian. Yeah. And then um, we got the twins, Sugar Plum Fairy Pumpkin Head. Then I saw a giant, this giant cyclops. The, the camera's like angled up towards him and then sort of in a... Uh, Inigo Mon Montoya with a pipe mm. was another one anything they actually did oh my god so that's amazing I, I could imagine how fun it was and they talk about a lot of this in the behind the scenes making of you know just how fun it was to go any monster I want. Okay. Let's have the pumpkin head. Let's have a Cyclops, you know, just all the freedom to have a bunch of people um, make whatever creatures you want come to life. I could imagine how fun that would be. We start this minute off with the reveal of all the cute, all the cubes. And then when we go into the control room, we're still, looking at these cubes, but from all these different angles, from below and from above and from the side. And it just, just makes for such a um, entertaining thing to a feast for the eyes, if you will. Mm -hmm. So my final note for the, for the minute is blood snuggles. 
Oh, <laughs> blood snuggles. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's that's hey, you just named our episode Blood Snuggles. There we go. <laughs> yeah, the camera really it does a nice little push through the monitor so you get like that kind of fuzziness of the monitor as you see the two of them covered in blood and snuggling. That was kind of an effect. Didn't they like pioneer that in Matrix? Like going through the screen like that? Yes. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. I have that note as well. I'm like, oh, this is like a Matrix <laughs> moment. Shout out to Matrix Minute. <laughs> Bam. I love this blood snuggles. Yeah, it is very sweet looking. It is a little mm -hmm. moment in time right here. I wonder if they're using this to hide his his enormous muscles. Like, we'll just put you behind her so nobody will know that you're, you're cut. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, did you let's see. So we we end on the blood snuggles. Is there anything else from this minute that that anybody wanted to share or point out or talk about? I think I talked about all I had. Okay. No, good. Yeah, I think um looking at what the other the other things I had here which were just more from that behind the scenes stuff and yeah, it was that the, their once they got their assignments um you know, the crew, the um, practical effect team, that they went from a team of 10 to 60 and that they just went wow. out and got all the most talented of, you know, all the different um, type of shops that they needed, you know, for all the different parts of doing the sculpting and, you know, costuming and all that stuff. And they moved out to this huge studio, Warner Brothers studio, that was um, so they could put all the shops under one roof and um, then, uh, and that was a, let's see, how huge was it? I had it written here, but I can't see it. Sometimes even when I type, I can't read my own writing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think that's about it. And then um, I just noticed that they also mentioned that doing the Buckner makeup, that just a face, one of the Buckner faces could take up to four hours just to do. So, wow. Yeah. I believe yeah. It. And then the boxes, I think I mentioned this already, but they're a combination of practical and green screen and a little bit of CG. So you could just really, they could go wild and do a lot of different things. So that's cool. awesome. Awesome. So, well, Thomas, you can let us know about how people can find you and what you're up to. Oh, sure. Well, if you're looking for me personally, I'm on social media at the Wookie Lives. Woo! Make sure you spell Wookie correctly. <laughs> if you'd like more information or more stuff about my podcast that I've done, I co-hosted the Never Ending Minute with Tierney Steele, and we finished, but we have more content coming out, and you can find us on Twitter at Nev and Min. And then my current show that I have going on is the X-Minutes podcast, where we're analyzing the X-Men movies one scene at a time. So we're kind of changing up the minute-by-minute minute format a little bit so that we can not lose some or have a little more continuity as we talk. And if you're looking for that, go to X-Minutes podcast on almost all social media. Sweet. We'll make sure to share those links. And, uh, well, you know where to find us, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet. We're at cabinminutecast.com. And if you go there, you can find the links to all of our socials and such. 
And that's about all from me. And thank you to Thomas for showing up today on this fine Monday. And we will see you guys back at the cabin. Mm-hmm.